0: So I know you were. Wait, the three,
1: two, one clap. Three, two, one. Oh, that was a good one. That was a loud one. I know. I got because I got
0: criticized for not being loud enough. So I'm going to try to use my daddy voice on this episode. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be these these headphones too. Sometimes these are real sensitive headphones. So look, I know you're having a tough day today, and uh, you were having a tough day last week on this day. Different
1: reasons. Yeah. Different <laughs> reasons today,
0: but. Um, I don't know how much you want to get into that. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. (laughs) So it's not, but it's not that important. Like it's, it's an inconvenience for you, but yeah, I'm fine. I can one up you because I broke my fucking tooth this week. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. It just happened uh, two days ago and it's about the size of a piece of rice, a grain of rice.
1: That's the piece that chipped off.
0: And yeah, one of my molars, bro, just caught, I caught, caught, caught a knee on the chin training.
1: And, Never wear uh, a mouthpiece
0: and I wasn't wearing my mouth guard so don't tell my dentist that because he made me a nice mouth guard and I, I don't wear it as much as I should because it kind of I don't know it doesn't feel good I don't like it I, I've always liked not having mouth guards I like to be able to breathe mm-hmm. more than protect my teeth
1: mm, I'm the opposite
0: but yeah so now I have the situation where a big piece is it, it painful no it's not painful at all that's just it it's not sensitive it's not painful it's just it's right off the inside the inner wall. Of the one of the molars did it hurt no it didn't hurt either like i was like i mean it, it jarred me like it, it kind of sucked like it's it's the reality realizing what happened is what sucks the most like you can't fix that i mean it can be fixed but like not for real they're gonna have to grind it down and probably put a crown on it because you can't you can't just use like cavity filler material to, to replace the side of a wall of your tooth you know it'll just break off the next time you chew something hard Wow. I also I think
1: You're one percent less you. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's like how much how much fractional percentage damages do our bodies take every week, every month? And all that shit adds up. Like my I got some injuries all over the place. And I'm like I'm like wondering is like my, my elbow ever gonna be hundred percent normal again? Like no, I don't think so. It's like not. It, it might
1: stay like this. I promise this. you.
0: <laughs> it might stay like this forever and that's kind of frustrating because when I was younger, injuries healed up normally. Yeah, They would heal. You get back to 100%. Well, don't
1: spoil the fun for all of them, you know? <laughs> They're just going to do it anyways, those so, young bucks.
0: So you always still train with your mouth guard?
1: I never train without it.
0: You never train without it?
1: Yeah, not not just because it protects your teeth, but because it's just so much more... You're, you have so much more utility when you can use your face without having to worry about that.
0: Okay, yeah. Because like, you know... I know what you're talking about.
1: I use my chin. I use my face. I like, well, you, I will get in there and you need something to like, not, you can't just get in there with grinding your teeth on your teeth. You know,
0: I do feel tougher when I have my headgear on. Like I'm willing to grind a little harder with sure. my, with my head when I have the headgear on. Cause my ears are, they always kind of fucked up. Yeah. And...
1: People just can't get over the marbles in your mouth. Can't speak. Can't breathe thing about mouth guards but if you if you just don't care about that and you get over it but i just started doing it from when i was really young because i had a horrible situation just the same thing happened to me when i was like 15
0: you fractured your
1: tooth i broke off my my front tooth from jujitsu
0: your front tooth completely
1: yeah this whole tooth i had that happen the whole tooth is
0: fake yeah (laughs) exactly what you're describing i didn't know that
1: yeah it's a really good uh it's a really good one actually i had it done at um dental express
0: Shout out to Dental Express yeah. <laughs> in, in Hawaii or what? No, here. Okay.
1: Well, I, yeah, I had a temporary one. They did the composite thing like you were talking about first. It never and, works. And then it just broke away. Yeah, so wait. And I had it redone here.
0: Yeah, yeah so they're going to have to grind this tooth down and put a crown on it. So it was like $1,000. It's like, fuck, $1,000. Yeah,
1: this stuff is expensive.
0: Bro, I had, luckily... My dentist is one of my old students. So I want one of my white belt students. And uh, he's a phenomenal dentist and I trust him. I know he's like legit and he won't try to fuck me over or give me some some stuff that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um but he actually had to quit jujitsu because he was always terrified of breaking his hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Craig, Craig just broke his hand. He had to pull out of that fight with Lucas. Yeah. Because he broke his hand. And I thought, man, how many how many people who do jujitsu have careers that will be fucked? if they crush their hand on accident, you know, a dentist surgeon, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You don't
1: see a lot of them doing jujitsu. That's that's one of the things you see too. When, in like the forums online or in YouTube comments for beginner videos, people will be like, get trying to get more information about the finger damage and the hand damage. And they wish they could do it, but they can't because of that. And they have a good point. Yeah. Even if you type, (laughs) right. Even if you type a lot for a living, it significantly will reduce your ability to, type i catch
0: i leave voice messages on my text message app all the time because i don't want to use my thumbs because they're so clunky and like shitty yeah like i can't they're like how fat my, th- my they're just wide thumbs you know yeah like,
1: you, you lose so much finger dexterity to they're just
0: jiu-jitsu. not accurate you know i'm always hitting the wrong letter and it just takes forever to text it's so much easier to just hold the button down and talk to it
1: what else sucks about jiu-jitsu let's just get it going <laughs> Some more.
0: Well, I was going to ask you uh, since Craig's out of that match with uh, Lucas, who who do you think would be a nice match for Lucas? He was uh he was calling out Pat Downey. Interesting. I thought that'd be interesting. I mean, Pat was going to wrestle him down for sure, but Lucas know, Lu- Lucas told me he's like, "I'll wrestle with him, you know. If he takes me down, he takes me down, or whatever. I'll do jiu jitsu." But yeah, um,
1: I'd be, yeah, I think he could do
0: really well. It'd if be a cool wrestle. match. I like I like watching Pat Downey get in there, man. I'm wondering if he's going to try to get into ADCC. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal wrestler, man. Phenomenal. Just a phenomenal athlete. Did you see the clip of him picking that guy up at fight to win from half guard
1: and throwing him over? That was him. Yeah. But
0: but if him. you look at the position they were in, like how the fuck he stood up while he was like belly to belly no, suplexed him. He what? was in half guard chest to chest. With like a body lock, okay? And the guy had lockdown on his leg. So he had no hands to use because he kept the body lock the whole time. Even from ground to feet, he held that body lock. His leg was in a lockdown, so it was extended. And he used the other leg, the knee, to lift this guy up off the mat and stand up with him and then slam him. It it almost looks like an optical illusion. It's so damn interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm not impressed, honestly. You, You haven't seen it? I did see it, but I don't remember it being as epic. I just as thought you the said.
0: most impressive part about it was the fact that he's in the lockdown.
1: You're I mean, in these the guys lockdown. are strong, dude. They pick people up and they chuck them around the <laughs> room. That's their job. Your job is to roll <laughs> around ti- with people how- on the ground and be sweaty and slimy. Uh, in
0: wrestling, you never pick someone up off their back.
1: Yeah, you do. All no, the time. you don't.
0: You want to hold them on their back.
1: No, that's folk style. These guys do freestyle, bro. Same thing. No freestyle. You're you gotta, fucking, gotta
0: don't for- fucking talk to me about wrestling, fucking guard guy. Did
1: you ever wrestle freestyle? Yes, I did. And so you know that it's about turning the guy. It's,
0: it's you get points for exposing their back to the mat, but you exactly. still win by pinning them. So if they're on their back, you're not going to pick them up. They, you're going to hold them will. down. They will.
1: They'll grab by the waist and chuck them over you're their not, head.
0: If he's already on his back, you won the match. Why would you pick him up? <laughs> it's like releasing an armbar or something.
1: Right, but it's it's not that. Okay, you're saying that because he was on his back, he was it's already different. On his back, he would They, hold they just there. do the same thing with belly down because they're going to flatten out.
0: But it's yeah. different. It's I know, a little easier. I, I, so I,
1: but I, you got to remember, this is a lockdown guy. So he's skinny 10th planet. You know, he probably weighs how 100. How dare
0: you Who call the 10th guy?
1: planet people skinny? <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, I'm just mean. You it, like, it's that? a fight to win. It was against Pat Downey. I, I just don't think that it was like one of their best guys. I mean. Was it?
0: I don't remember. I don't remember his name. So I don't I know. I don't
1: even know this match, honestly. But yeah, whatever. Anyways. Listen, if, you're, if you if join the wrestlers, bro, if Pat, you like them so much. I'm just much, saying Pat down. If you're so impressed with them, <laughs> go back to wrestling. I just think Pat and Lucas will be a cool match. We have enough jujitsu fucking guillotiners here, anyways.
0: So so anyway, so we're sitting at Autos, at and like and we just got the information that Craig is out, and we're and Galval is on the phone with uh Ricardo, Belia, and they're trying to figure out a new opponent, right? They're throwing names around and Galval looks at me and he goes, Just have Josh fight him. Josh will do it. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll fuck Lucas up. Yeah, fuck yeah."
1: This is how it starts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: and I it. and I thought, how interesting would it be to have teammate matches, intentional teammate matches, real matches between teammates, like you and I did. This is
1: not a new idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but you're supposed but to do that. I'm saying
0: a super fight, not
1: okay, not s- intentionally. Not,
0: yeah, intentional, right? Not like no, oh, wants to watch
1: two teammates fight. They're just gonna be like they're just going to accuse you of what I was talking about in the last yeah they're going to
0: accuse you of fake fighting for sure but if you had two teammates who really you can you could just trust that they're going to go for it wouldn't sure. th- those would be great matches
1: oh, you might as well just post your sparring dude that's what i do
0: or get paid for it
1: okay but, but that now you're just that's that is the thesis that I laid this, out.
0: This goes back to the WWE. It's exactly fake, the same fake matches to get paid. Yeah,
1: it's the obvious conclusion. That's why you, you guys want to do this, because it's like it's obvious that that's the but, way to do it.
0: But wouldn't that also be just a great display of good jujitsu? It would
1: be even better if no one knew that you're teammates because 90 percent of the viewers don't even know both of you together. Like these people are new. To jitsu watching this stuff, they're like people who are tuning in. Half right. of them don't really even don't know, even know what's what the going. teams are. They don't even know who's who. Right. They don't know what athletes what. They just know flow grappling's got the grappling, and they're watching. You might as well just like everyone just becomes an independent grappler, flying their own flag. This is how it was always meant to be. Be your own brand. Stop repping teams. Just fucking go out there and be yourself and fight whoever they put in front of you, teammate or not teammate. I'm just saying, that's is- like that's what you do. You represent your country. You represent the USA versus Brazil. (laughs) Doesn't matter where you train. Poland represent Poland. Aussies represent Australia. And that way it opens up so much opportunity because everyone at Autos, half of their competitors that they should be competing against train at Autos. That's why... That's what sucks about it is there's too many good guys when there's too many good guys on one team, especially when they're all training the same style, which is like IBJJF style. That's why you quit autos. Yeah.
0: You didn't quit autos. Shut up.
1: Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what happened. I just wanted to fight my teammates. No. No, I think that could... Uh, I think you're onto something, though. I think this is like... I, I'm. We're, we've been talking a lot about just like paradigm shifts in jiu-jitsu. I mean, as speculative as it may be, this is an interesting thought experiment that like, look at what being on a team gets you. It's not necessarily the best for pro athletes to be rep, repping a team. It can team hold you back. When, yeah, it
0: can hold you back.
1: Yeah, there should be like training... Sent, there should be like pro training places. i tell you what.
0: The greatest regret of my jiu-jitsu professional jiu-jitsu career was giving you that american nationals podium
1: i told you not to i know And know it's not your fault at all i it's, said fight me bro i know you did i said put up your hands and fight yeah me. and you were like i can't
0: well because- i was i was literally like i had just arrived like two months prior to autos and, and galvao was pressing me to to stand down
1: you could have totally beat me
0: I would have 100% beat you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know anything about my jiu-jitsu. I could have totally surprised you.
1: No way. I would have got out. In
0: the know. gi, you would have beat me. But no gi, I would have been on you, man. That would
1: have been an epic match, honestly. I would have been on that neck. Yeah, you probably would have caught me because I don't think we had trained really. You had not, no, we had not. We never trained, yeah. so you had the secret neck lock.
0: I would have been that dark I would horse. have not
1: respected it. And exactly. Then you might have got me.
0: I regret it so much.
1: Yeah, it was always a stu- Fight your teammates. it's been a it's been a stupid rule. It's it's a it's a negative aspect of the culture that was held onto for so long and I think it's just it's I mean it's going to disappear anyways on its own as more and more people train in the US. It's not going to happen. People are not going to care.
0: I've seen some pretty good teammate matches at ADCC though.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the point. It's like it shouldn't matter. There
0: could be. There are good matches, man. Like Ty Ty fought two autos guys in his bracket before he got to the semifinals. Yeah. Br- Bruno Vazado first round and then uh Pablo second round.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just joking too, about like not reping teams, rep yourself, but like I mean Can't Really
0: rep your country though because of, well, I'm not going to fight any
1: Americans. No, if Americans fight Americans all the time. Yeah. What do you think the re- that's what NCAA is. Yeah. So it's like yes, you do fight Americans, but you rep America. How about we
0: represent our states? You do. <laughs> also. <laughs> How about California versus Texas?
1: You represent your university right and then that's how amateur wrestling goes yeah like yeah. by state i think that's an awesome thing like there should be regional jujitsu competitions cities f- by city that by region like sense. it's all the the formula is laid out to make it big it's just it's not being followed because it came from a different country you could do san diego versus dallas yeah it'd be really calling cool. you out dallas like why wouldn't each why wouldn't there be an organization that that. Well,
0: five grappling was putting together state tournaments, but I guess that was just like, Oh, this is our California tournament. And this is our Nevada tournament our Arizona tournament.
1: Yeah, I guess it's, it's really hard to get tournaments off the ground. I don't know anything about running tournaments. I, I imagine it's very difficult. I know I used to work with the five grappling guys. They sponsored me and it looked like a struggle.
0: Everyone who's ever hosted a jiu-jitsu event has complained about how much damn work it is and how you're just gonna get shit on constantly.
1: Right. Everyone's <laughs> just gonna hate you. Everyone's just gonna screw Yeah, exactly. They they stole the match. You could they devote a, a thousand
0: hours of your time to it and people are gonna shit Think, on. A you. thankless job. Yeah. No thanks.
1: Yeah. Owning uh, like running a gym is much better, more rewarding than tournaments. It's probably more profitable too, honestly.
0: I was wondering. Like, about, at know, least
1: for, like, startup time.
0: You know who I think did really well, though, was the guy who ran that kids tournament, Dream. Mm-hmm. I think he did really well. I think that was a good good thing he had going
1: there. It probably comes down to just saving as much as you possibly can on cost and just not trying to make it fancy and just, like, running it old school. Right. And just, like, using flip score cards right. and paper systems and smooth comp. <laughs> like... You outsource the most difficult part to something like Smooth Comp, and you just like I hope know, that you have a I don't team. Know what that is Smooth Comp is the it's like the bracketing software that they all use. But even I've heard that that's not super great. I know it gets a lot of complaints from people. I think that's what um, some of the maybe some of the UAE people used. I don't know. That's a tournament I've never
0: done. The World Pro. You've never I've done that. I've Never done a World Pro event.
1: It's quite an experience, man. I'll tell you some stories about the first. World Pro I went to back in 2011.
0: Only if it's a good story.
1: It was crazy, man. They the so you're, this tournament purple, purple belt. But I I almost went the year before, but I had just arrived in Maryland, and I, I think I missed the the event. But I remember being there, and the and the rest of the guys were there. <sighs> Whoa! So,
0: so close to, that's a Conor McGregor move right there, motherfucker.
1: Watch it, bro. Your that foot'll get broken like I'm Conor just saying, McGregor's get too.
0: I'm just saying, get closer to that mic.
1: Want to karate chop to the ankle and try yeah, it again. But
0: that was pretty good though, right?
1: No, don't ever do that again. But please. look,
0: how, look, I got it two inches yeah, closer. N- by
1: no thanks to your <laughs> stinky foot. It's clean. Okay, so listen up. So I was, the, all the rest of the guys were out at this event and they were telling me these stories when they came back about how crazy it was out there. Really wild stories. Like <laughs> it, it, it basically was people would go there and everyone would just party hard as fuck in Dubai in in uh, Abu Dhabi. Okay. And all of the jiu-jitsu people would go out to this thing and the jiu-jitsu scene was pretty big back then still. It was like, there's still a lot of, at least a lot of competitors. There's always been a lot of competitors in jiu-jitsu, just not a lot of spectators. So the competitor scene was super big and everyone knew everyone in those days. And when you went out to this tournament, they really tried to make it as decadent as possible for the athletes. And they brought you out like four weeks in advance sometimes. The the initial one that I missed was four weeks. You're
0: talking about the world pro event, like the, yeah. the, 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 their their world championship, right? Yeah. Like so you had to win the trials to get invited? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's trials and um you won this ticket and you fly out on the Ithihad airways which is like a super luxury plane super nice and everyone's just like whoa this is so crazy we're like going out to see the chic and stuff and you you fly out there and they pick you up in vans like these really nice sprinter vans air conditioned you go all you go to the hotel and the hotel is this massive concrete artisanal manta ray that like sprawls like 40 acres and the concrete manta ray is like a dome that has openings in it so that some It's sunlight, an actual manta ray? It's shaped like a manta ray. Like
0: on purpose. Yeah. That's literally what it is. It
1: literally is a manta ray sculpture in, in that's like ridiculously huge. <laughs> in the middle of the desert. Yeah, in the middle of the <laughs> desert. It's like, you. yeah, you drive for miles of just flat desert. They were just it, like, it's what a
0: creature is farthest removed from our desert? The manta ray.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and so this this hotel has this like manta ray shell and then pieces of the manta ray are like carved out and designed so that the sunlight gets in and then with, with under the manta ray dome is like the actual hotel and it's like this open air everything is made of like ivory stone and it's this big U shape hotel that you is like outdoors you like walk out of your hotel and it's like trees in, under this manta ray dome it's like insane
0: so you don't get that harsh sunlight. It like blocks, the sunlight, it, you, but you still, it's, open. it's
1: literally like if Willy Wonka's factory was like, are they Muslim there? What, what is the religion? Yeah. yeah. It's like a Muslim Willy Wonka factory.
0: Wow. That sounds amazing. And so
1: it's like there's spires and towers and these crazy like castle walkways that are open air that just cross the hotel from you to you. And like you get lost in these corridors. It's like, it's like Hogwarts. But Muslim, (laughs) it's really, it's really beautiful and everything is gold and white stone. And you would just like walk randomly and up a staircase that leads to nowhere to this patio that has nothing on it with like a former bar that's like not being manned, but is still perfectly set up with like everything there. It's really bizarre and you would stay out there for 4 weeks or 2 weeks or however long you're there and everyone would go train at this little open mat they had in the middle of the manta ray. all the
0: competitors that all are, the competitors that are going to fight each other they're all going to fight each other you would everyone
1: just you'd be there Hanging so out. long yeah. that everyone would just hang out and everyone became friends and a lot of my like I got cool with a lot of the people in the scene from that like training with people like get trained, I trained with everyone as a purple belt I trained with Leandro and Buchesha and all these guys when I was a purple and brown belt Lucas Lage, you know Andre was there. Everyone was there these days. Like everyone was there. That was actually where Andre first met, met me, and he was like critiquing my. That was 2011. Yeah,
0: that's the year you came to Autos.
1: No, I came to Autos 2013. But I, oh. me and Andre met, and I like threw away my silver medal, and he like was that's how we met. Okay. And yeah, it's just this really crazy experience. They feed you breakfast, lunch, and dinner in this amazing buffet, and people would just go out and party. We're talking
0: about the Gi tournament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, World Pro. Yes. Okay, not ADCC. No. People still have a hard time with these two.
1: Yeah, the ADCC is a bunch of different experiences. Okay. This, because I think they, they were too... Maybe they were like opposing cheeks or something. They, or yeah. they competed with each other through this jiu-jitsu thing. Maybe it was yeah. friendly. I don't know. Just Probably so everyone's
0: wasn't. clear on this, the Abu Dhabi World Pro is not ADCC. It's a gi tournament.
1: Someone but. look up that hotel and try and find it. Because if you look at the pictures inside, you'll see what I mean. It was, in, it was crazy. There was like... Six different entrances, all the most grand, crazy entrances you've ever seen with these incredible foyers and like massive artesian rugs and golden statues of animals and plants and foliage in this ivory, white, gold tower under a manta ray shell. Sounds badass. It was awesome. And everyone was so stoked to go out there because you would actually win real money. Well, that's what I was saying. Was this the
0: best paying event
1: back then? Yeah. For sure, right? Yeah, I used to pay my bills with the, those wins. Yeah. And so
0: the only event that could probably compare would be ADCC.
1: Right? Yes, but there was just so many more divisions at this event because it, right. it was like the IBJJF. They had the equivalent amount of divisions, and every division paid. Was, so it, white belt to blue belt paid.
0: It's much easier to get into the World Pro.
1: Yeah, and there were so many more divisions Did you and so actually many more payouts. They pay out like a million dollars every time. As
0: far as I understand for I the, don't know if
1: they even still do it.
0: The World Pro, you don't have to win the trials to go to it but if you win the trials they will pay for your yes, trip. Yes. Right. So anyone can enter.
1: Yeah. That was yeah. right. That was the thing, yeah.
0: Anyone can enter World Pro. You
1: could enter it and that you could fly yourself out, but yeah. you, I think you could even get a discount on some of the other hotels, but not that one was reserved. So it was it was a it was a military hotel. That's, that's probably, why it was so nice. Oh. It was like a military executive Retreat hotel so it was like crazy
0: So that's probably why everyone is out there though And like, then
1: underneath it there was like all like barber shops and restaurants like all in this underground Tunnel that just like spanned the whole thing and Dang What else was in there there was like a paintball court One time I, we, we went out to just Explore the grounds and there's just like paintball Like those competitive paintball Fields and like giraffes And like zoo creatures and then a sandstorm Will hit and you'll have to like hide from the Sandstorm and like try and get back <laughs> into the hotel <laughs> Yeah, it was really crazy. And so,
0: like, back then, Faisal was also a purple. Yeah,
1: I lost to Faisal. He
0: beat you that year, he huh? Beat, he foot-swept me, yeah. yeah. I went
1: for a foot-sweep, and he counter-Cosoded me.
0: I want to give a shout-out to Faisal, because that guy is super, super cool.
1: He is pretty cool. He's
0: cool. He's a really and nice guy. He was guy. good at
1: jujitsu, honestly, yeah. He, uh, they he sp- was my one loss at Purple Belt. Is my, it? The only person I ever lost to was Faisal.
0: Prince Faisal.
1: Although, I, you could argue that I won that match on by points, but, I mean... Sometimes, you just, sometimes, you didn't, I didn't win. Sometimes the refs don't the like The refs didn't give me the points. Sometimes
0: the refs don't <laughs> like you.
1: I think what it was is like I got the triangle at the end and I swept to mounted triangle with like three seconds left and I didn't get the points for the sweep to mounted triangle. So I lost.
0: I do appreciate Faisal though. He's he's a tough competitor. I think. They were all
1: tough. Yeah, they had, I mean, that, that whole country was like really taking it seriously. I don't know if they still are. It seems, I mean, I haven't seen much of their stuff. Maybe it's just taken off there and they're more like... Just into they, their they own just, thing now.
0: They have a, an event coming up, like, soon. But
1: Somewhere. they don't do it like how they used to, right? I'm, I'm sure the
0: past few years, no. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's going to make a comeback, hopefully. I don't know, man. This is the post-COVID era. Things are just I hear difficult.
1: China has a lot of jiu actually, too. What? Yeah, would you believe that? No. I hear they do. I don't believe that. Bro, China is actually kicking her ass in everything. Jiu-jitsu's next. Have you seen China's weightlifters? They're way more manly than our weightlifters.
0: <laughs> I think what happens sometimes is people are chosen to be super athletes at a very young age, and the in, and, in the, and communist the and the, the country just devotes a lot of resources to these, like
1: Russia did it for the, like the Olympics and whenever, like or like had, Ivan Drago, right? But that's a fictional character. But there's actually. Like the Russian Olympics, there was like huge scandals about the crazy amounts of performance-enhancing drugs they were using in like the eighties or seventies or something. We're talking about Icarus. I don't even know. There's some documentary about it recently. If people want to know, I know it's something like that. Um.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything bad about China because why I'm, not, dude? Because I want to go kicking, there someday, dude, and I don't want to get arrested. Kicking, don't
1: you? Don't want to go there, bro? China is kicking her ass. We're it's we're, it's really we're in a bad spot. Right
0: I think you're just believing the media hype, bro.
1: What media is talking about that? I don't
0: know. I'm just trolling. <laughs> That's not, How do you know what's going on in China, man? You don't I don't. Know? Exactly. That's what concerns me. <laughs> exactly. You know, I saw actually uh, on this whole we don't know what's real anymore topic. Uh-huh. Um, I saw a video posted on the Neil deGrasse Tyson fan page. that.
1: Dude, I, ever since he did, did that thing on Joe Rogan where like he like, kept interrupting Joe Rogan, I can't watch him anymore.
0: You see that? you're the king of interrupting people so what are you talking about i'm
1: not saying i'm any better i like i don't blame people who don't want to watch me <laughs> i'm just saying i don't want to watch that guy
0: okay anyways they posted a video and it was just like this hybrid cat dog looking creature and uh they said what is this or is it cgi and not that fuck
1: would you believe me if if i told you that there there's a uh a bill that that
0: <laughs> i'm so i'm supposed to steer you away from conspiracy stuff on is it this? no
1: that we we should actually just like look it up this this is a real thing there's a bill. Okay, I won't
0: say. We All don't. Right. Need, we don't need to talk politics. It's, yeah, politics are black. Keep you got to keep your face in that microphone when you talk though, bro.
1: Yes. So there's there's animal hybrids being created.
0: I'm just saying they were saying is this a real animal or is it CGI? And I thought I was watching a couple shows and I clicked on them. Granted, I was stoned. Okay, but I was watching and I thought it was a real show, like a, with real people. And as the show progressed, I started to think like, oh wait, that, does, that actually looks like animation. Like I'm not sure. Animation so, is getting so fucking good that yeah. you really can't tell sometimes, especially if you're stoned.
1: There's going to be like some product that's like true view and it'll just be like constant live streaming. It's like an encrypted crypto uh, blockchain live stream that can't be corrupted or manipul- manipulated by people so that it's you know that that's like actually what's happening on video in that area. You know? Yeah. That would be nice.
0: Like a stamp of a... Uh, quality like some this sort of like real.
1: it's it's like true view tm and all video feeds from that location or that particular product camera or something social media is like actually what's happening there live instead of like through some filter of upload download editing process like the rest of the internet is that a stupid idea
0: no it's not a stupid idea i think it's that a- would
1: be nice some sort of f- foundational truth would be nice on the internet i agree now tell me this though back to the hybrid animals Okay. If if you were able to purchase a splicing for yourself, human animal hybrid splice, what would you what animal would you like to be spliced with? A cat
0: dog. Oh wait, me, myself. You want to be a cat dog? Oh shit. <laughs> I thought you meant like a pet. Like what kind of pet? No,
1: no, it's a human animal splice. So cat- you, you can be like part dolphin or maybe like part jellyfish or like part hawk. Oh, and you get some of their that animal's just like a little bit. constitution. Whatever however much you want. You can become the animal if you want to. Let's say that. So I could become the spectrum d- of how much how much <laughs> of the animal do you want to be.
0: So I could be like eighty percent hawk. Can I fly if I'm eighty percent hawk?
1: You'd be a bird man. <laughs> yeah. You'd <laughs> not be mostly a, not, I think you're more bird than man at that point. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like yeah, you I probably know. got you would probably want to keep your man brains, man bits maybe.
0: Uh, I'm gonna have to go with um I'm just gonna have to go with gorilla, man
1: oof that's a
0: i'm gonna go with gorilla so i can keep all my parts and i'm just fucking freakishly strong
1: and i can still gorillas have micro penises
0: (laughs) how do you know
1: you ever seen a gorilla dick dude
0: (laughs) no exactly
1: have you (laughs) no (laughs) they're microscopic
0: their balls are huge though
1: that's all they got it's all balls
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you had to have a huge cock with tiny balls or, 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 or tiny, a tiny cock and huge we're, balls, we're gonna, we
1: can't, we got to edit this out now. And we got so ble- to bleep that shit. What? No, That's can't. inappropriate, bro. That's not inappropriate. I said micro penises. You're talking about big dicks and balls, bro. Gotta, it's the, com, the jujitsu community. How many minutes in was this? 20. Don't edit it. 28 seconds.
0: 2850. Don't edit that. Come on. I gotta make a note of this. Just, don't be lame. We'll have two I versions. bleep
1: it at least. I gotta do something.
0: Because of why? The C word? Let's just move on. Okay.
1: Okay, so you want to be a gorilla with micro penises? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but huge balls. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, I think gorilla makes the most sense if you want to keep grappling and being a normal human. But this is like, let's go to post-human it's a, it's world. It's a mammal. Let's say it's want. like everyone just gets to be whatever they want. It's like everything is <laughs> yeah. fluid. You can be an animal. You can be a human. You can be, you can up up upload yourself to the cloud. You can just be like a virtual. We're, I, we're not that far off, I think.
0: <laughs> okay, so go on.
1: So what would I be? Yeah. I think being a shark man would be pretty cool. Because you could you could swim super fast and like be like super am- amphibious, dominant predator in the ocean. You can travel. You can just do anything. Hopefully, you have like some boost. Because like thirty seven miles an hour is not that fast. I'd want to be a little faster than that. But then you got like this, the badass shark teeth.
0: What the fuck are you gonna do with badass shark teeth? You gonna go kill someone? Maybe be a mob boss or something.
1: He- <laughs> <laughs> really?
0: What what a badass teeth? Sharp ass teeth. Well, how does that benefit? At, how does that benefit you in life?
1: I mean, how does being how does having a micro penis benefit you?
0: <laughs> it doesn't. But it's I no. would have gorilla strength. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want—the gorilla strength.
1: Oh, we're we're on one today. Um. <laughs> yeah i guess i guess shark is kind of stupid what about maybe i would want to be like and like what what does
0: the shark breathe they have gills they need to be in the water to breathe i mean you're you're
1: essentially aquaman like you're a dolphin you're water world that guy with the gills behind his ears but you got shark teeth too I don't. know. I just think that would look cool to, be, to see a shark. I'm. Mean, I was thinking more from like, I, you know, people are gonna do it to like how fucking, they do it for like tattoos. You've been
0: fucking with that emoji app on the text when you can change. Your no, phrase. you said
1: you said animal hybrids, and then I said something about the bill. There's like this human animal hybrid thing that was like it's legal or something. For, so the CIA or whoever can like do tests or something like that. Apparently, that's in some they're that's crea- some actual they're crea- bill. They're creating Maybe it's hybrids? like. Yeah, maybe you know cloning, how long has cloning been around? They clone lambs in like bags. You can see that video of that lamb in a bag, that baby lamb that was growing. But we
0: don't know if it's real.
1: It's for sure real. Cloning <laughs> that's been around forever. It's just no one talks about it. Okay. So let's assume like that we've got advanced splicing technology what like and it comes out on the market like next year. Gorilla super just, cool.
0: I'd rather just leave myself alone and just have a cool hybrid think, animal. Like a cog Yeah, It's a cat dog.
1: I guess any animal you splice yourself with is going to make you dumber.
0: Or a dat. Is it a dat or a cog? Cat dog. Dog cat. It's
1: it's cat dog. Cog. No, it's cat dog. Oh. Literally cat dog. That's what you call it. (laughs)
0: Like dog bear.
1: Yeah. Or man bear pig. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one, actually. I haven't thought about mixing (laughs) multiple animals. Man bear pig might be a good one. I think man bear pig could beat man gorilla, actually.
0: The pig serves no beneficial purpose to the to the creature. What is a pig
1: maybe it's a hog. A man bear hog. Because hogs, now that's a tough animal.
0: Like a wild one.
1: Have you seen the Guys? Uh, I, I just saw a, Python I, Cowboy on Instagram. Miha sent me this the other day. Mm-hmm. Python Cowboy on Instagram. He's some guy in, in some southern state where he's like wrangling um, animals that have what's it called and it's like a pest animal they like move into location and breed because they've got no predator to keep the population down invasive um, species yeah it's an invasive species and so they've got invasive species of iguanas and pythons maybe it's in, he's in florida actually and uh there's these wild hogs in florida now i guess and they're breeding like crazy and he's got to go out and hunt them and wrangle these hogs and so they hunt them with dogs <laughs> to hunt the hogs and the dogs will find them and like bite them and hang on and like slow them down. And then the the guy, the the cowboy will show up and like wrangle the hog. And then they, they like cut them up and like eat them or something or skin At them. Least use them yeah. And the hogs, this is where it gets interesting. The hog's back has this layer of cartilage slash fat that's like three inches thick. Really? And it's like armor shielding on their back. And I had no idea. I just thought that they're just like it like tough muscular pigs, but they they actually have like crazy defensive things built into their flesh. Python cowboy, is what it is. Interesting.
0: Let me just turn this beeping off. Maybe we should bring it back to jitsu. We That was quite the tangent we discussed. What you didn't like that? No, it's all right. It's That's all right. That's good shit,
1: right there.
0: <laughs> there was a there was a topic that we had we wanted to bring up last episode, and it was that uh, we didn't get to it. But how you you and me maybe and other people are managing your transition from full-time competitor athlete Keenan to sure no more competitor. Now you're a mentor. So this is a, a topic that came up on my episode with uh, Gene Bearman, who's the MMA coach for- He's a
1: bear man. <laughs> <laughs> <You're telling> me- <laughs> That's a good choice. You got it,
0: yeah. He's a bear man. It's B-A-R-E man, bear man. Anyways, he's Israel Adesanya's MMA coach and uh, and Brad Riddell and all those those guys over there in New Zealand. All right, so he's so transitioning to coach. He was he, yeah, he had he was a kickboxer, a competitive kickboxer, 49 fights, and now he had to transition into this coaching role and basically give up his identity as an athlete. And that is currently what you're dealing with. And me too, but I haven't quite made the step, but like I'm kind of dealing
1: there. with more like liberated from. <laughs> dude, being an athlete fucking sucks compared <laughs> to being a gym owner slash mentor, as you called it. Um, Dude, being a pro athlete is f- the hardest thing I will ever have done in my entire life. And I'm actually
0: glad I brought this up because there was that question that someone had said that we can hit on on this topic
1: also, but I didn't know that I was going around my entire life just with this base layer of stress and just always having to be on for these fights. it's it's such a crazy feeling to come out of that
0: so you're you're much happier in this role as a mentor coach yeah
1: and i still i still love jujitsu and i i train every day and i'm still like in shape i i lift still but just not at that same level that you like you have to do it if you don't do it you're gonna be like shit i'm gonna lose i'm gonna not be able to get my paycheck or whatever because or feel really bad for a few months or something um I think there's some. There, there is a it was an incredibly meaningful existence to be an athlete. It's like you don't have to worry about anything. It's like you never really feel unfulfilled. You're you're training. You've got these goals and you're achieving the goals. And like it. it
0: Life is pretty simple. It's simple.
1: Right? And you just like eat, don't have to worry about anything. And if you're train, good.
0: Sleep, eat train sleep. Yeah. Eat, if you're train, it's
1: it's almost like medication it's like being on it's like living in an altered state you're just constantly in that like flow state of what you can what jujitsu is that's flow state right that's what it is your brain you got some like theta waves merging in some way in your brain that's like you're really just fucking vibing out there what
0: the fuck is a theta wave
1: some brain wave or something (laughs) has something you just make that up or no it's a real thing i think i think okay Whatever the case, flow state. I look it up. It's a super interesting topic. If you if you learn about like the actual stuff that's going on in your brain in flow state and how humans have evolved that and like what it's for, it's a really interesting thing. I don't know enough about it, but I've briefly looked into it. <clears throat> Anyways, jujitsu is the flow state, right? You can't think about anything else while you're training. Like, not if you're you're fully yeah, engaged, meditating. You're it's meditative and focused, and it in that moment, all there is is the jujitsu. It's like this, it's that it's that line between subconscious and conscious where you don't really think, but your brain is doing a lot. Yeah, you're reacting a lot. It's like reaction. It's instinctual. It's like there's, there's a bit of like rhythm and music to it. It's like you're creating and da- it's like dancing almost. It's got all these components of like you're like engaging with another person. It, it's incredibly engaging and you know what it feels like to train and be like, whoa that was a good round whoa i heard that you one.
0: heard that This <laughs> water bro i have to drink a water man that, that that ain't water bro. it's water
1: i put water in there i finished the, some hard I finished that's the, some hard kombucha isn't i finished it? the boots it's water so yeah the flow state you so, you exist in that all the time when you're when you're an athlete and it's almost like you don't exist in it but you exist for it And any time that you're not in it is like downtime and it's just recovery for the next flow state you must enter. Yeah. (laughs) And so you just live this incredibly focused life that's super rewarding. If you love it, obviously you shouldn't force yourself to do it if you don't love it. And everything becomes hard over time um, when it becomes a job. But
0: every athlete has to eventually say, you don't
1: have to deal with anything,
0: say goodbye to this life and move into the next phase.
1: Yeah, at least the hardcore pursuit of like winning, winning, winning. Like, why are we winning? What's the point? Why are we keep trying to win? It's it's a personal journey. It's like a journey for yourself, or at least it should be, to prove something. But. Prove something to yourself. Prove something to the world, whatever you're trying to do.
0: But it's also experience that you're going to, you need to be a better coach, right? You're going to pass all that competition experience onto your students who want to go try tournaments, and maybe they don't want to be full time competitors or pro athletes. But there's some fucking guys out there who just want to go do tournaments to test themselves, to have the experience, and they're going to come to you with these questions about how to prepare for the tournament, and you're going to have this vast array of knowledge okay. to impart upon them. So it's extremely valuable in that. It way, is, of, and I'm not saying that it's
1: that not. Report. I'm I'm just saying that that it is a different world, and it's not better or worse. But I think that when you start taking on different responsibilities, it, the world is much different than the world of a competitive athlete. I think most of these, I think most of the people who come out of it don't come out of it actually. I think most of the athletes, it's very difficult for them, if they were a, a high level athlete to transition into a coaching role. That's me. Yeah, that's it's my hard. problem. because it's your identity. I don't, wa-
0: don't want to let go of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's been my identity it's since so I was 14. Yeah.
0: I started competing and grappling as wrestling. And 14, I'm fucking 39. And like to let that go is very difficult. And I don't even compete that much, but.
1: Right, but it's like, it's giving you so much. That's the thing that makes it hard. It's something that,
0: it's a constant that I've had in my life since I was 14.
1: Sure. And we should explain this to people who aren't professional athletes or aren't people who even aspire to be, because it's, it's, uh, I don't even know what really compares to it out really. I mean, it's not the same as like pursuing it a degree or you know pursuing a career i think
0: only other athletes in other sports can relate
1: yeah it's just like the athletic pursuit is i mean it's such a powerful thing it's i mean that's why it exists everywhere everyone's so into sports and people really like watching the people that are going and doing it you know actually like getting out there and like being the champ or winning or they want to see the wins and it's one of those raw like authentic you've got people behind you they really want you to win it, it, you do have a group of people that are really your victories are their victories.
0: I think a lot of people, I think everybody has a sport that they love to do or not everyone, but like a lot of people have a sport that they love to play. Um, you know, you can catch people in basketball, the park, uh, uh, the basketball courts any week, yep. any weekend. I'm sure these people would love to do this for a job. Right. I think they imagine what it would be like. So when they yes. watch other people doing it, it's interesting to them. Like, Oh, this is like,
1: yeah, it, and I think a, where where, like where it dream. changes is like that final one percent, that final one percent to get there. Like anyone can can enjoy the idea of like playing it professionally, but when, to actually play it professionally or do it professionally, you you don't just get to play, you have to work. Yeah, you know,
0: you have to devote your entire life. To yeah,
1: it. it's like, like there's sacrifices that must be made, yeah. and there is no um, tr- there is no way to reconcile that. You you have to make some significant sacrifices to achieve, To reach the the level that it's even worth it to be a
0: right to be an athlete, like I've
1: heard, you can't just be an athlete and then not make sacrifices because you won't be a professional athlete for, at all. Right.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. like they say, they say Olympic athletes like literally have no lives. Like, yeah, they've just they've worked their asses off their entire lives to get to this. It's like they don't have social lives. Like, so I've heard at at the Olympics it gets pretty wild. Like, once someone's event right. is over. And they can cut loose with all the other yeah, Olympians. That's how the Abu Dhabi thing was. Right. So yeah. everyone, like, all these people in this, you know, all the people that are going to go to Tokyo, they're all in the same situation. Like, they haven't had a fucking social life for years. Uh, decades, maybe. And once their event is over, and there's, like, some over there, someone from Norway, and their event is over.
1: And it's, it's like, this is maybe their last Olympics.
0: Let's go yeah. fucking party. Yeah. yeah. They go hard. I heard they go really hard in the Olympic Village.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a social life. I think jiu-jitsu... Uh, if you're if you're competing in jiu-jitsu, you're gonna be meeting a lot of people. I've met so many people. That's what I love
0: about yeah. jiu-jitsu. It's like, yeah, you can go to the tournaments and you're going to the competition. You're not
1: just gonna be like coddled as a professional athlete, like you don't got to other sports. you got you're really in there with the people, literally training with everyone that
0: like Izzy, Izzy ha, Izzy that has is to,
1: supports you or
0: Israel has to hide. Like, cause he just gets so much. Yeah, attention, and it, you know?
1: it, it's it makes it it makes it pretty hard to go compete even when you when you're kind of in that. You used capacity. to
0: hide. I remember you used to hide a lot.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean you, you got to put on a, a you got to put on a smile because it's like these are the people that are enabling supporting your, you, supporting yeah. you. Yeah, like these are the people that they are the, your true fans. If they want to talk to you or hang out with you or take a picture, like even if you're dead tired after a match. I remember even this last Europeans, I had just fought like. Brutal matches. I had uh, Philippe Andrew next. I'm like collapsed. I like literally f- stumble off the mat after winning my semifinals match, and I kind of like uh, limp into the warm up room. And right as I lay down, a line formed, and I had to like get up <laughs> <laughs> and take all these pictures <laughs> of these people. So tired, and then I had to go fight Philippe. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting experience. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And then in Jiu Jitsu, it's weird because you turn it off when you leave the building. You know, right? Like once you leave the tournament, it it's like nope, back to normal you're
0: relevant in that bubble yeah it's like such
1: this little bubble of relevance that it it really is great to keep your your head in check um because no one fucking knows you dude you're just like you can go to the grocery store without a problem yeah and like maybe once in a while you'll see you know there'll be people who do jiu-jitsu and will recognize you but what what are we talking about again transitioning to mentor
0: yeah like letting go of that identity as an as a competitor and as a full-time athlete and transition you know
1: the indiana jones meme no where it's like he's there and he's got the, the golden um, artifact and he's got, he's got to switch it out to not activate the booby traps. Okay, That's how it's got to be. <laughs> you can't just, t- you can't just knock it off the pedestal and just be like, yeah, I guess I'm a loser now. You
0: can't, you can't take your time with it. You just got to,
1: you got to be like, okay, what it. am I going to do next? How am I going to do it? And how am I going to achieve mastery in this next thing? The pursuit of mastery never ends. It's just one mastery to the next.
0: I do appreciate that. Yeah, looking yeah. looking at uh, your your role as a coach as a new task.
1: Think to, about this, dude. Like how how good could you get at something else with all that time you got. All
0: yeah. the time that we had spent as a competitor.
1: Well, just like now, like the time you don't have to
0: are talking about me like right now.
1: invest into being a competitor now. So it's like as you transition out of being a competitor and you get more time and energy from not having to invest so much physically right into being a competitor what could you get really good at that would be so worthwhile and meaningful that it didn't matter it was that that was you your identity if that's what it is that you're experiencing i don't know because what i mean is this about like do athletes fear it do they I think what for, do they feel? I, no,
0: I'm just saying, I think for a lot of people, it's a difficult transition to make, but you're making it sound like it was the best decision you ever made. It was.
1: Made. <clears throat> it absolutely was, without a doubt. 100%. But
0: because I think you never liked competing.
1: No, I loved competing. I did. It gave, look how much it gave me. It gave me so much. It was I the mean, most. I got
0: some Keenan Cornelius quotes in my memory that were like, <laughs> fucking hate competing.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. I started, yes, I grew to not like it as much, but that's just because it's hard. Like, it's incredibly difficult. You're going out there. You're going to win. You're going to your, lose. You put your dick on the line. You gotta, And you got to train your ass off. But like, I wouldn't do it if I was miserable. You know, that's why I'm here now. Like <laughs> at a certain point, you got to stop.
0: Were you Were you ever competing because you loved competing or were you competing because you wanted to build a brand?
1: I was competing because I was genuinely passionate about what I had created and I wanted to show the world that it worked and that I knew what I was talking about.
0: You wanted to show the world that wrapping the lapel around your leg.
1: Yeah, I totally <laughs> fucked up their whole system. I was just like, <laughs> look at this. Like, You don't even need to do j- jiu-jitsu. You can just do this instead. I thought that was so cool. And I was like, look, I can like beat you guys with this thing that I totally made up. It <laughs> has bit. no basis. Do you, remember,
0: <laughs> do you remember the first time you ever lassoed the lapel like that? You were like, huh.
1: Look yeah, at that. I did it to JT and he was like, if you ever do that again, I'll
0: punch you in the <laughs> you throat. You told me the story
1: before. And I was like, okay. I didn't play lapel for two JT
0: years. JT was the fucking man back then, huh? Yeah. He was the boss of that mat.
1: No, it actually wasn't the lapel. I, I, he was just... Or did you put your foot in the I, lapel? No, like? I put, I put uh, my hand in his neck. So he passed my guard and I realized if I got my just hand in his neck, stiff arm him. I could stiff arm him away and I could keep <laughs> recovering like this. And I did it like three times and he's like, if you do that one more fucking time something like that
0: <laughs> like, and jt's like the nicest guy in the world again. but when he's pissed he's fucking pissed
1: yeah he's super scary
0: i've seen him get mad a few times bro and i don't want to be anywhere near him
1: yeah jt had to tr- well he's still competing and transitioning but i mean nah, there's a natural progression it's like the progression is so obvious for jujitsu guys it doesn't feel like you're giving it up JT it's
0: like only competes to get paid He wouldn't compete if he wasn't getting paid. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, at a certain point, your value dictates if you compete or not. Like, if you know you can get paid to compete, you're not going to compete for free. Like, why would you? You I think
0: he's only doing ADCC from here on. I think that's it. Maybe Worlds and the Gi because that's a a thing that he wants. But I think. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's a lot of pro competitors anyways. Like, Bouchesha competed once a year for like seven years and reigned as the best guy ever just because he competed once a year.
0: I mean, it is kind of impressive to compete once a year and keep winning.
1: I don't think it's not really about the the amount of times you compete. It's just like, are you going to be there on the day that it matters? And you're still a pro competitor if you're doing that because you got to train year round for ADCC. It's not like you can just like train for three months before it. You got to be, you got to keep, it's like the Olympics. You got to train for the whole two years from the last one in no gi doing it. And that's where all of the, the gi guys messed up. And they, they got essentially left behind by the no gi guys was they didn't respect that you had to actually train nogi yeah. for it yeah so i don't we didn't really finish the you took a sidetrack i don't remember what you're talking
0: about well i don't think there's a there's no there's no like final answer it's just a discussion about about how what it's like i don't know you feel liberated right at letting go of your your athletic career and i feel
1: only because of all of the time i i get now i just
0: think it's interesting because we're on the same path but you're just ahead of me right mm-hmm. you've always kind of just been ahead of me on the path right and uh and so I'm curious about it because I need to do this. Like, and Let I have to tell you, I'm having a hard time. Like, I don't know. I I I want to train every day, and if I don't, I feel like a. Well, piece of, I feel like a piece of shit.
1: You still should. It's good for you. Train once a day.
0: Yeah, I know you train with your students, but I mean, I guess you you have good, really good, talented people here, so you still get really hard rounds. But you were telling me even for a bit there, like you were just training with white belts. Like when you first opened the academy, you're like, I spent all my time. Like training with white belts and teaching beginners, and
1: yeah, I mean it you know lasts, I mean? Like, it's a f- lasts. a few months. But
0: now you, you know, I mean, you're also you're also not an average person. Like sure. you, you recruited a good amount of of great athletes to your gym pretty quickly. So you still get the hard training when you want it, but that's not this is not the case for everybody.
1: So you're worried about giving up the hard training?
0: I'm not worried about me. I'm just.
1: I mean, I was worried about that too. A, that's but, that's but why I, I didn't open a gym earlier. I would have actually rather have opened a gym and continue to compete just with my own gym. But I never did it because like JT did. Yeah. He
0: had more success after he opened his gym. Yeah,
1: I would have rather had done that, but I we were, we were, the the autos rule of you can't open a gym in California. Like where was I going to train? I it would it would so you have to give up everything. It was
0: that you can't open a gym in San Diego.
1: But it was like you know, how far north? Oceanside no. LA no. San okay, De- okay past LA no. San Diego, okay.
0: San Diego County.
1: Sure. Are you going to open up in out of San Diego County? I
0: was eyeballing South Orange County
1: that's good that's a good spot
0: that's what I was thinking like San Clemente I like that area it's nice it's beautiful it's peaceful yeah
1: Yeah, it's it's a a good town a lot of families I think um I'm gonna say this again anyone who's thinking about becoming a professional jiu-jitsu athlete open a gym first then become a pro athlete
0: that's sage advice
1: that's the best thing you could possibly do because you're not gonna win in the beginning anyways you you need a place you need a jiu-jitsu paradise that you can train and make your own and format your environment how you want to and structure the training around how you want to train. And then it doesn't matter if you win or lose then, cause you have a gym
0: Yeah.
1: and now you can actually pursue pro athlete goals without having to do have you, the stress of actually winning every time. Do
0: you feel all the time. You, you haven't a competed the time. a ton since you opened this place, but you did a couple of times fight twins, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel a different kind of stress as uh, a gym owner and as a as a leader of a team, do you feel a different kind of stress going into competitions? Like, fuck, if I if I suck, my students are going to look down upon me, or maybe they're going to lose respect for me. Like, do you feel a different kind of stress in this regard, Re- knowing that your students are watching you and you definitely want to win? I can give you the, the
1: answer, but you're not going to like it. Uh, whatever. No, you know. I didn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not about that. The stress remained the same. It was the same stress. If anything, it was less stress. But I th- I think
0: some people do feel this kind of stress maybe you don't because you've had an illustrious career you had a you you don't have anything to prove anymore keenan cornelis you've done some amazing shit uh you have a great resume maybe
1: maybe i'm not the person to ask then because i'm just stoked on what i'm doing and (laughs) i feel super happy about it all but
0: i was talking about like i don't know leading up to it you didn't think about that at all it didn't cross your mind
1: no not about that i I I, I just want i I want to
0: perform good in front of my students
1: yeah. I wasn't really worried about that. I was just worried about not having training partners that were, were able to keep me sharp. But what I realized is that that's an illusion. You don't need super good training partners to be good. I, that when I won or I won my division Europeans and got second in the absolute Europeans, um, that was when I was training with the white belts. Right. And I was like, Whoa, that was weird. Cause I actually like, I fought really differently. I like did moves I've never done before. And I wasn't going back to my, my a game survive and like win because they can't pass my guard kind of thing and i was more aggressive i was like, playing on top i was doing judo i was passing everyone's guard taking their back and submitting everyone it was great it felt good
0: so we've talked about this before um how fear le-
1: is the mind killer bro that's the thing it's, there's is you don't you literally don't have to be afraid of anything right you just have to start doing it and you'll realize, you'll just learn along the way and make a few mistakes but the mistakes aren't as bad as losing in a competition <laughs> right that's for sure
0: so fuck i just lost my thought um i can keep going I bet you could <laughs> <laughs> that's just what You're good at that. That's for sure. Um, fuck. I totally lost it. Now that's that why I, I got to do it. That's why I'm here. And now that I'm trying to, now that I'm trying to think about it, I can't. So
1: let me tell you, you again, the athlete lifestyle, it's, It's super great and it's super rewarding and you should do it, but don't do it the way everyone's been doing it. The way to do it is to open the gym first, even a small one, just something to sustain yourself. Try and get 80 students in a 2000 square foot place, partner up with a family friend, get someone to teach you how to do it, figure it out and get a place that you can train, have people pay you to train. Boom. That's what you do. If If I had listened to Louis choy's advice and open to the gym when he told me to Sensei, back in 2013 that was totally the right move that was definitely the move it's just like the you, you're so focused on the competition thing oh i can't i, I need no distractions i'm only doing this
0: i remembered okay <clears throat> you were saying that you you performed exceptionally well because you were just training with white belts and i th- i think we talked about this in the past but leading up to a competition it's better to beat people up in training Right than to train with the, <laughs> the toughest black belt in the room, where yeah. you guys are going to stalemate each other because you get the reps
1: on because you're going to fight like that.
0: You're 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 repping out submissions. You're 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 practicing your offense. And yeah. if you were to train with Lucas, for example, you're going to do some offense, a lot of defense, a lot of well, stalemate. It's mostly stalemate. That's right. the
1: thing. It's like when you're training with guys that are at your same level only, and that's that's just what I did because I sought out the toughest rounds every day. So right. it's just, I'm always rolling with the toughest guys. And so much of it is a stalemate. So much of it is just like who's in better shape. And, and like,
0: I will say that statement that you just made was actually a fact. He's not just talking big talk because he's on the microphone, but like, you really did go after all the best guys in training back to back to back to every back. day. Yeah, you really did. Do that. <laughs> I did notice that. Now, was it admirable? Because I will do one hard round, one easy round, one hard round, one easy round.
1: Oh, that was something that I picked up from Lloyd's. Was just you don't sit out rounds, and you pick the toughest, toughest guy every single time. Every single whoever's round. available. The less the the less tired guy who's tough, you take him. Yeah. Like you go, you push yourself in training, always try and fight the best guy, and don't worry if you lose, and just try and win.
0: But when you get closer to a tournament,
1: yeah, it works against you because then off. you go out there like if you only do that, you go out there expecting everyone to be that good. Exactly, and. You don't. You're not able to let loose as much and kind of just like get into your flow state out in the tournament. So yes, I, I think it's a really good idea to like. I I don't I don't even know if it's better to do both. I feel like it's almost better to just train with people who aren't as good as you and then just compete a lot. I think it, so it depends the on the
0: time frame. Maybe two months out. Yeah, get some hard rounds. Maybe sure. one month out. You know. Yeah, st- I guess you can Some hard you rounds. You definitely
1: need both. That's two so stupid two weeks.
0: Of me to say. Yeah, two weeks Such leading up to the competition for sure. Stay away from the hard rounds and and work on repping submissions against purple belts. When Galvao won ADCC in 2011, he said he only trained with purple belts. He didn't have any black belts to train with. He was just beating up on his purple belts every day. So he just got all that offensive. Yeah, practice. I mean, it,
1: who knows which is better? They're probably both good. You use them both, but the funny thing is that people worry about it because it's you don't really have to worry about it. You just got to open your gym. Just sooner. do your best every day. You just got to open your gym sooner rather than later. The longer you wait, the worse it is.
0: So, a question here from uh, someone online, and it was just, uh, just curious: How much can a pro BJJ athlete make with competition and sponsors? I literally have no idea what this market is
1: like. So just I currently have no sponsors anymore. So I can I can totally just tell tell do a tell all of how sponsorships work.
0: Well, and just take note because most athletes make money doing seminars, private lessons, DVD sales, right? So that he didn't put that in here, right? He just wants to know based on competition and sponsors. Let's say you're a shit teacher.
1: That's most people, honestly. Yeah.
0: Let's say you're a shit teacher. You can't speak English. Whatever.
1: How most much people money don't sell that much on instructional. really how most much, people.
0: How much money can you make winning tournaments? and with sponsors.
1: Well the the irony of it is it's not about how many tournaments you win, it's about how you perform at the tournament. It's like it's about how you play the game. Are you exciting? Yeah.
0: Are you WWE material? Yes. Or are you The
1: more that you the more that you create a show, the more you will get paid. And it's not about winning at all. It's about how excitingly you can win and lose because the winning and the losing tells the story if you only win in a boring way, there's no story there. If you, if you win and lose in a boring way, there's no story there. But if you win in spectacular fashion and you lose in spectacular fashion, you're able to construct a storyline about around your career that people can vibe with and be like, that's cool. I want to see more of that because it's like, I want to see him win. And when he loses, that sucks. But when he wins, that's good. And that is a a critical component. So I, I always tell my Uh, I always told my friends and people at my my training partners that if they're stressed about it, I say, don't do it for the gold, do it for the gram. Because that's what it was about. (laughs) You got to go out there and you have to put on a show and do some wild shit. Don't don't do it for the gold, do it for the gram. Then the gold will come. Okay, But (laughs) it doesn't matter if you get the gold, if you you don't have any gram-worthy material afterwards. I'm
0: going to jot that down. That's probably going to be the caption for the episode.
1: And that was, that, just, that was something I learned from uh, Team Lloyd Irvin, too. And from Lloyd himself, That the marketing chops that that guy had were incredible, that he really knew what he was doing. And I, I learned a lot about that. And, you know, so, the Kumite kind of launched my career so off. That so
0: was, that was my... But that didn't answer
1: the guy's question. I was that was, right my, to
0: that was my answer to his question, was it, it completely depends on how you market yourself.
1: Yes. And so, yeah, it, that distinction has to be made that it's not really about how you win. It's about how you play the game while you're out there winning and losing because you can't always win and you got to like if you you have to understand that sponsorships are about selling a product and it's not your product you're selling their product and they're paying you for advertising it's an advertising job and if you want to get paid you got to advertise and you got to sell product you got to move product so most people don't even understand that that's what's happening they think they're just supposed to go win more and that'll do it but right
0: it's actually the posting
1: it's the, it's the engagement it's the social attention economy that brands mm. in jujitsu actually picked on up on before
0: social attention economy i'm going to work that into the uh the instagram also
1: yeah there's an attention economy in the wor- in the world today and those that take a notes here those that dictate <laughs> those that are able to garner the most attention, get paid the most because that's how the social media algorithms perform. Engagement and attention. It doesn't have to be good attention or bad attention. It's just attention in general, polarization. Any I, attention. Any attention. And the, like if you're, how how polarizing are you willing to be? How controversial are you willing to be without sacrificing your authenticity as a person? And that's really what it's about, honestly. That's what showbiz is about. It's the McGregor model. Look. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I feel like I didn't take that approach I was fortunate enough to have a brand of like I make moves I win with the moves I teach the moves by the moves (laughs) right that was my model right that's why
0: that's why you're not actually a great example of how to answer this guy's question because you're but I
1: think that that's the proper model I think if you're an athlete it's not about I think it's actually much better to not be controversial and try and just garner attention with no real focus but to garner attention by giving value to your audience which is like hey you can pay attention to me fight because I'm going to teach you the moves that I'm going to go and win with. And I'm going to show you how I did it. And we're all in this together. And like, then you have people coming back because attention isn't just about flashing the pan. It's about that slow burn. You know, you need people, you need like true fans that follow you and know what you're up to and want to be around for your career. And I think that's part of how I was able to do it for so long and have a pretty successful career in jujitsu is like more about like giving the people some real aspect some real thing
0: i think you gave the jiu community something that was pretty massive
1: and now i'm going to take it away i
0: think that no i just think the entire layer i think the entire oh yes right your new instructional but yeah i believe i always tell people they when i try to explain to them who you are i was like my podcasting buddy keenan and uh i'm like look there's a tree this is a jiu-jitsu tree and all these branches have these different styles of It's that- This
1: big old honking growth <laughs> said, this hanging mother- off all <laughs> limp and weird.
0: <laughs> I said this motherfucker created an entire branch off this jujitsu tree. And uh and the and the whole world knows it now. And the whole world wanted to learn it. They had to learn it. You had to respect, you had to learn worm guard or lapel guard. Because if you didn't know, you're getting fucked. So
1: yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, but I'm, but I'm it, really it happy definitely
0: on. is a limp branch for sure. It, it hangs like a loppy
1: branch that Flop. no one else wanted to yeah, nourish. You can
0: bend it in all sorts of ways, but it doesn't break off.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And once
1: you hang on it, you can't get that grip broken. <laughs> it doesn't break.
0: But <laughs> but what's the answer to the question? Okay, so the how answer
1: much? is anyone can do that. You don't have to come up with your entire new move set. We need an answer. Like, a number I'm gonna to I'm getting to it. Okay, okay. I'm telling them how to do it right. Okay. I'm trying to drop some sage wisdom right here and i only have it in this one area so (laughs) listen close everything else i say questionable jiu-jitsu is the tree that you're speaking of and everyone wants to know what branches are in the tree can you say that again no, <laughs>
0: come on. I got my phone
1: out. Jiu-jitsu is the tree of knowledge of Jiu-jitsu. That's what it is. You just said it's about the tree, all the branches on the tree, all of these techniques that exist. That is the very essence. It's not about who you are as a person or how funny or interesting or cool you are or like how controversial or like, you know, social media star you are. It's about how can, how effectively and artistically can you take your knowledge of that tree and then show it to people. That's what people want to see. They want to see pro they want to see athlete. in in action the the representation of your understanding. That's what it's about. And so you have to you have to strive to make your jiu-jitsu beautiful. That's what it is. And no it's hard to achieve. I'm not saying my jiu-jitsu is beautiful. It's quite floppy and weird. <laughs> but that's me trying. That's the best I can do. Okay. And if you pursue that, that will allow you to be more notable i would say to monetize to monetize your your career and so in in closing the amount that you can get i'll give you a, a range of what you can get if you just like are a let's say competitor competitor purple belt level competitors will not make over 200 dollars a month from sponsors no matter how good you are I, yeah, I agree. world champion or otherwise maybe mika galval could get more now
0: this is a black belt. Program.
1: Brown belt world champions, you could start to get more. I know I was on the higher end. of; I was making like $800 a month from one Gee sponsor at the time for winning brown belt worlds and then for the consecutive years following. Then if you make it to black belt and you can continue winning at black belt, let's say you win Pan Ams or you, play, you start placing at black belt, but you're doing it in a fashion. It must be artistic. It's got to be you expressing yourself and trying to make some sort of beauty out of your jujitsu, whatever that is And that's like you know choking people aggressively people like that shit they think it's hot you know they're into it <laughs> you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder yeah. is what i'm saying for sure so you got to get in there and do it how you want to do it and people will react and you there's feedback there's a there's a feedback loop it's right there if you do cool things it's going to blow up people are going to share it it's like wow i did cool things if you don't do cool things that's never going to
0: happen you know immediately
1: yeah it's like it's so obvious if you did it cool or not Society is the judge. They will know if it's cool. The yeah. viral gods will take it or not take it. The, if court,
0: it's. the court, of public opinion.
1: Yeah, and so if you start, if you continue winning, you're you'll be lucky. You could be a world champion, but if you're it, like, you'll be lucky to make a, like a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, maybe on a salary basis from I mean, any sort of brand. There's a
0: big difference between one and two.
1: I mean, that's like high and low end. Yeah, and then anything after that is like such a small margin of the of the population that it's like basically unattainable Outlier. it's like it's out- like literally five people yeah. and they make over three grand a month right and then towards the top end of that it's closer to um yeah i i know that i was up there on payments and it was it's like i i was making like five grand a month from my sponsor at, at at most i was making like 10 grand a month from sponsors combined okay and that's really good. That's when the King Cornelius was hot. That was like prime hot. Like prime. And the funny thing is, is like you can be you can actually be hot and not making these people money. Because the jujitsu scene is just so small that there was like there's almost this is like over exuberance for athletes and they were getting offers that we didn't deserve from like an actual economic output. Like we were not the money that I was getting paid. Even Gordon was getting paid like that company went out of business. <laughs> it was, for they, they went under. <laughs> that happens to companies all the time. It happened to me, too. It's not him. It's just like yeah. the companies in jujitsu. They're not necessarily super good at selling or they're, they're new companies and they over anticipate the reach of the sport, I think. Or, so, or they over anticipate the value of the athlete. They yes. pay them too
0: much, hoping the athlete will lift them. Yeah, and, and it doesn't don't. always work like yeah. that. And
1: so there was a lot of overinflate. Like when you were at the top peak, like that, you were getting more money than you deserved. Yeah, honestly, everyone, Bouchesha, Leander, everyone. It's like you're not really necessarily generating that. Some companies could do it. Like some of the gee companies, huge profit margins. They get those gees for like fifty bucks or less, and they're selling them for like fucking three hundred dollars less, bro. Like $30. 30 bucks. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to say that. It's like it's so it's so. <laughs> like sinfully low. Yeah. The margin is so sinful and disgusting that I didn't even want to say how low it was. But gi companies they can make bank. And which is always why I was like, don't specialize in no gi. If you only do no gi, you're missing out on the, the well, real money, which always, is the ghee
0: That's the I'm always wondering is like why why don't these people put a gi on and get a gi sponsor and you're just gonna make so much more yeah, money. Yeah you're gonna make like
1: seventy percent more money. I always yeah. thought that was really silly. Um yeah, if you, if you don't do both, you're missing out on half the sponsorship that's what, opportunity. I, that's what I always said. But maybe it's not about that anymore. Maybe it's not. Oh, and then the other thing is like that's just sponsors. But if you can win consistent tournaments, you might make like five grand for a super fight, or that's also five to ten grand for super fights. But at at purple brown,
0: that's no, yeah, that's the top top. That's top top. That's the top top.
1: Um, yeah, and then below that, you're not really going to make anything. Maybe two two hundred bucks. Like, what isn't? An- a thousand bucks here and there. I know some purple belts can win some like two That's grand an
0: average it's out there, but
1: maybe like total eight grand a year. If you're really killing it on right. super fights or, or like tournament events, but you
0: can't count on a super
1: fight. You cannot live off jujitsu. You
0: cannot count on a good super fight match once a month. Yeah. Maybe once every three months if you're good.
1: Yeah. It's, it's such a like sports sports athletes that make it. It's, it's a Pareto distribution. Look it up. Super cool concept. Not an expert, and I'm not going to explain it, but it's essentially that the the top one percent accounts for like eighty percent of the eco- economic yeah, output. I got you. So it's like the top, like out of a hundred people, the top three produce eight eighty percent of what everyone else p- produces combined, as far as like money the, the making out, potential. The
0: outliers drag up the average.
1: Yes, it's big like, time.
0: It's like the average hu- housing,
1: which is not, it's kind of a new concept. Apparently, apparently, most things were considered to be just like a. a average distribution you know with a sort of average in the middle you don't want to take
0: the mean you want to take the median because the median doesn't have the same weighting effect from the outliers like if you look at the home prices in la you got to take the median home price because kobe bryant's home was like 50 million dollars and it would just pull the average up and
1: yeah so and we're seeing we're seeing this happen everywhere with the internet it's just like stocks are doing this cryptocurrencies are becoming these outlier cryptocurrencies and everything is like this now or i think maybe it all it always was probably but yeah that's how it is in jiu-jitsu and if you go out to pursue a jiu-jitsu athletic career you have to make it to the top 10 if you want to make money literally top 10 in the world like you got you need the paper or you need the ranking it's got to say you're there one two three your name's
0: got to be your name's
1: got to be in there and you got to remember the closer to the top you make exponentially more money yes the closer you are to the top one And so, if you're a spot, that's in that's almost all sports. That is all sports, actually. Like not just jujitsu, any sport. You've got to be in that top spot. There's just more people in other sports like football, stuff. Right?
0: Nice. Feel good about it. So, you hammered that one. We're about minute fifth hour fifteen in. Yep. How 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 we going? We gonna keep going? You feel good? You got some topics? Something to talk about?
1: Thing.
0: I was going to ask you, and maybe Can you I argue- go
1: down some conspiracy theory <laughs> rabbit holes.
0: <laughs> Let's save that. Save it for a second. It. Save it. Um, I was going to ask Can we you. We talk what,
1: about some politics. I think you
0: already answered it. But what was the most inter- and enjoyable international training experience slash yeah. seminar that you've ever had? Was it Was it Abu Dhabi? Was that it? That was
1: so. Yeah, that was so cool. It was the only time. It was like what jiu-jitsu should have always been. Just everyone training together, no teams or borders. It was just this one place where. The jiu-jitsu magic was allowed to happen without any pig-headed, greedy, you-can't-train-there-because-I'm-insecure bullshit. And it was so awesome. The
0: UAE has a a really special kind of love for jiu-jitsu, huh? If you think about it, they got the World Pro, they got ADCC, and I think they— That's what
1: happens when the leaders of your country really love jiu-jitsu, yeah. They
0: made jiu-jitsu— It happened
1: in America once, Teddy Roosevelt.
0: Like, all the kids trained jiu-jitsu in school. Like, that's like it's like— our yeah. kids go outside and play football. Their kids do jiu-jitsu.
1: And you know what sucks is they gave so much to ju- jiu- jiu-jitsu and then they got screwed by it because they were so generous and they started hiring black belt instructors. And then the black belt the instructors that were there knew that they could leverage them just being there because they had the contacts to the hires to the people that they started getting their friends, just giving them black belts and sending uh. them out there
0: started getting some shit
1: and it's like so many of their black belts are fake black belts out there and they're not from uae they're literally imports from all over people would go out and get jobs there and you'd have like alex trans who's like literally one of the best black belts in the world and then a literal purple belt who has a black belt on right in the same room and it's just like they're pretending and that happens so much just like it's not i don't even know what that's called but essentially friends just hooking up their friends and with jobs, belt, belt inflation and like good ass jobs. Like these guys make over a hundred K a year with apartments cover, like with their uh, room and board covered. The kicker is you don't get to choose where you teach. It's like, you might be teaching kids. You might be teaching adults. Right. You might be teaching. Yeah. You'll just be anywhere. You, you know, could,
0: could literally be in like a school, like a middle school, right?
1: You might be an, a literally a fitness, like a PE teacher right. for Jiu Jitsu.
0: Hamon Lemos was one of the founders of Atos, and he's the, the coach of the national team like the competitive team.
1: Yeah. And there are a lot of really great coaches out there. I'm just saying that there were some bad apples that um, brought in a lot of people. And I know that kind of screwed them over. That's yeah. what I heard. At least could be all, all false. I guess. I don't know. I guess probably don't, we don't know. We don't know what's true anymore. Yeah. I don't know. what's true.
0: But if you, okay. So if you had to tell someone, if someone wanted like a really cool international training experience, is that still the place to go?
1: No, Japan is definitely the place See, to
0: go. Tokyo was my top two, man. Like if I if you had to, if you wanted to have a really cool international training experience, I would say go to Japan uh, and train at Carpe Diem. Yeah. Or
1: well, the the beauty of it there is that you get to go to a lot of different gyms, and the just the Japanese culture is just so cool. Yeah, and I, it makes the training environment super cool.
0: I agree, one hundred percent. I had the best they treat time.
1: dojos differently there. Like yeah. the dojo is a sacred place there. It's like kept clean. It's they've got a very you can't wear shoes inside at all.
0: Yeah, everyone takes their shoes off right when they enter. And so it's the, like when you gym. know that
1: that's happening it's like the, there's a net, there's another layer of cleanliness happening. It's like a home, you know. Yeah. You're not going to wear your shoes stomping mud through your house. Right. It's like kind of how that is there and you feel that everywhere in Japan and it's just really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give a big shout out to carpet Diem in Tokyo. Um if you guys are in Japan, you want to train Definitely go to Carpe Diem.
1: I'm gonna okay. give Axis Jiu-Jitsu okay. a shout out. I don't know. They're anything. super cool. Okay, and cool. they're who I trained with. On
0: that's all right. There. Yeah, that's all right. I just I haven't had any other experiences. I just had the the Carpe Diem experience.
1: I have a funny. there as well. They're super cool too.
0: Yeah, that's where Hyson was. I met Hyson. That's right. I trained him. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um,
1: I think I was there right after you. You went and I was there, or did we go together?
0: No, we didn't go together. I think you went with Carbs and Lyra or something. Okay. I don't know. And um, I think New Zealand is another one for me as a really cool training I've never experience. been to New Zealand, actually. It's the best country, bro. It's the best. I love that country so much. It makes me so sad that they've locked out all of us and they just like have their own little New Zealand bubble going on right now. But I get it. If I had an island nation also, I'd probably lock out the foreigners also during,
1: during coronavirus. It's a highland nation.
0: Island nation Oh I thought you
1: said a highland That's like they're highlanders but it's
0: so, so it is so interesting That my two favorite places Are both island nations Japan maybe,
1: maybe you're just an island boy at heart Maybe
0: You're an island boy at heart
1: But I don't belong on an island That doesn't count I think Just because I grew up there I didn't want to be on it I hate islands actually <laughs>
0: maybe people who grew up on islands feel that way and maybe people who grew up on the mainland like islands
1: regardless it's um, there's a lot of great jiu jitsu everywhere and that's what that is one of the best perks about trying to make it in jiu jitsu is that maybe you won't make any money but you'll at the very least get to travel for free you'll
0: make a fuck ton of friends
1: for seminars so like if you if you're if you're super charismatic and you talk to a lot of people and you network you're going to get seminars regardless of how good you are if as long as you commit yourself and then they will fly you out and pay for your flight and hotel and take you around and you'll be able to see the world for free. It that is. was that is the priceless experience. It it is. is traveling the world for free, getting paid to travel the world and just that worldview it was really, really valuable. I agree. One thousand We're super lucky. Yeah. That's uh, why the
0: corona apocalypse was so devastating. Just took away that whole international travel aspect of my life.
1: Yeah, you're always traveling. I love it,
0: bro. I love it. Ever since I I left for uh, the Peace Corps for those two years, and I just, man, the world is such an interesting place. Like, it's so interesting. And every country is different, you know? And it's just, it's such a mind-opening experience. And I've just, I've had my happiest moments in life just traveling and and just being in weird places and weird situations in, in foreign countries. It's just, with just a random group of people that somehow came together by chance, you know, just because you guys were on the same subway or you went, you went to the same gym. This is why it's
1: so stupid. What's going on in the U S right now. What's that? just like it's so obvious that all humans are cool <laughs> when yeah. you actually go travel the world oh, yeah. that there isn't just like bad people lurking and that the, the the entire culture in the U.S. right now is that oh there's like bad people out there and they're lurking and they're white supremacists or they're you know Antifa attackers and the, the, if you're far left you're those guys and if you're far right you're the white supremacist it's like that doesn't exist Yeah, it, it, it does that it's exists, like but it's the not- tiniest amount of, like the smallest amount of people it's, yeah. it's so leveraged for a political agenda that it's like if you're subscribing into that you're just a dummy
0: you were just determined to get some political talk in there got
1: it in (laughs) a little bit for both sides
0: serious question though if you had to pick a percentage for the human population of good people against bad people and that's all you get good and bad and you had to choose what percentage is good what percentage is bad and you're talking to an alien and he wants to know. All he, right, alien, listen she, up. This is how it, it is. He she it z. So we've
1: know. got a lot of good people here. We're peaceful. But We're peaceful how race. Many? We got a, a lot of good ones. Okay, I want a
0: percentage. It's
1: it's it's like 93 percent good. But the problem is the 7% who are bad pursue power.
0: Super bad.
1: And they really want to be in power and they really want to reside over other people. And so they work themselves into positions of authority and then abuse the rest of the nice people. And then all the nice people think that no evil exists because all they know is nice people. They can't imagine doing something evil and corrupt. So they can't imagine that something, someone would betray their own race like that, but take a quick glance in the rear mirror throughout history you see that that seven percent of people fucks shit up all the time and it's like really terrible what they do
0: you think seven 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 to ninety three
1: what, what google the um, the percentage of psychopaths in the human society it's like that many is it probably okay if you're if you're not a psychopath you're not gonna be doing that evil shit No, no for,
0: i'm not disagreeing i think it's a far, so I think
1: that's a fair bet it's like how many psychopaths are there are they Sane psycho, are they like, can you be sane in a psychopath? Can you be a psychopath and like wear the mask right and like ascend to positions of power so you can do your psychopathic thing? I think yes.
0: I'm literally watching on Netflix right now, How to Become a Tyrant. It's a show called How to Become a Tyrant, and it just goes through the playbook of, and every tyrant kind of did the exact same thing. Yeah, there's literally just a playbook that I got. Step one, do this. Okay, step two, do that. And they all, right. all the tyrants, not Hitler, not just Hitler, not just Stalin, but all of them, Gaddafi and like uh, Saddam. One, was one of their
1: moves are just so fucked up is using food to control the population. Do they talk about that?
0: No, I'm, I'm not that far into it. Yeah. Episode two out of 10. That's
1: how a lot of those, those, um, all the people were killed is like they're starved. Yeah. If they, if they resist the, the new dictator, yeah. they'll just starve them Yeah. and they can't do anything.
0: That's pretty shitty.
1: Because of the centralization of the food production all the time, when whenever, whenever these, I was just watching something over. on the
0: history of uh, Russia, and I, re- I remember there was uh, the people in Russia before they overthrew the last czar, um, they were starving. That was it, man.
1: Yeah, that's intentional by the by the dictators. They starve. It's not. It's I, it's not. It sometimes it is just because of you know mismanagement, but it's like they actually use it as a weapon and they'll starve their populations. Yeah. To, to, Make them, um, I think in,
0: in that specific example, he was, he was more, North
1: Korea does that now. Yeah. They continue to do that. All of them do this.
0: I think in this, in the, that's one of them, in the least. Russia example, one it, it was just ignorance. See, I think he was actually just stupid and oblivious to what was going on.
1: You don't get to that position of power and not. Be well, it was a
0: monarchy, bro. Oh, monarchy. He was born into it. Yeah. That's Isn't that
1: thing. The, what what are you talking about. The Bolshevik revolution or. What? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, but that was the the, last czar. That was in. That was the king before. He was the absolute monarch. They were. He was. Do you
1: think that that was just like a?
0: He was just an idiot.
1: You think that all that happened because he was an idiot?
0: Really, truly, he was an idiot. He 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 just he was oblivious to what was going on. He was just so disconnected from reality. He had just no idea.
1: But other people came in and got into control somehow and ousted him.
0: Well, the, the Bolsheviks. Yeah. Yeah. they they murdered them, bro. They murdered the entire Russian Royal family. That was the last, that was the last monarch of Russia.
1: Right. And then it became the Soviet Union.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They murdered them. It was sad. It's a really sad story, but like at the same time, you can kind of understand why they were so upset because literally. So,
1: so that's what got, that's what has me, has me. So on this kick of just like what the hell is going on? Because where are all those people? They didn't just disappear those evil people that go and th- overthrow governments and do fucked up shit and kill millions of people for their aspirations of power or control or whatever it is. They didn't just disappear. They're still out there. So if for you sure. think that the world it like, the, where are they in the world? It's like, who is it? Like North Korea, just him. I don't think so. They're, they're out there, dude. And they're plotting.
0: Well, this is a nice segue for my shout out to the nonprofit of the week, which is the, uh, it's an organization that um, helps survivors of human trafficking kind of rebuild their confidence and 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 trying to empower themselves. And like imagine how many people in the world are involved in human trafficking? You have to be an evil motherfucker to be a human trafficker. Yeah, truly. you have to really to take away someone's uh, freedom, their freedom, but to just
1: destruction of innocence. It's it's almost and, and, like an evil. Perversion. And I'm not.
0: And I, yeah, I'm not even just talking about children. I'm talking about adults, like adult, I mean adult just men, just like adult people. women, innocent people, and they just become slaves for years. So, anyways, the organization is called. If they uh, even survive. It's called a New Grip, a N E W G R I P B J J, and they have an Instagram, a New Grip B J J, um, and yeah, and they just try to help survivors of human trafficking, people who survived, who are probably just horribly damaged. Um, internally, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and they're helping them just, you know, it's helping empower them by teaching them jujitsu and, and teaching them, you know, you can, I mean, you can make the connection you can obviously see why it would help, of course, help them build their confidence, you know? So, um, they're, they're based out of Philadelphia and Missouri. And, uh, so I'm going to go out to Philly actually to see Christian and we're doing a, um, a, a three day camp, uh, second week of August. And I just hit, I didn't realize they were based out of Philly, so I just hit them up. So I'm going to try to do a, some kind of collaboration with them in the future. Uh, but if you guys want to check out their their Instagram page, it's A-N-A-W-G-R-I-P-B-J-J. And I think that's really cool. It is. I think BJJ, for people who survive human trafficking, is a wonderful thing. And it's a massive, they say it's the second largest illicit industry in the world. Drugs probably number one. Humans, number two. I would assume weapons, number three. Um, But for for that much human trafficking activity to exist, there has to be a shit ton of people that are involved in it. Yeah. That would be the 7%, I guess. How horrible of a human you got to be to do that, though? Super evil. The worst. The worst. The worst of the worst. Worse than the drug traffickers. Yeah. That's pretty bad, too. We can't we can't go down on this on this sad note though, man. So let's how about a pick me up? You got something? <laughs> that's all I got.
1: I know that there's a lot of human traffickers getting busted.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Those guys. I swear to God, if I had millions of dollars and I just had nothing to do, I would I would just create online profiles and try to bust people online chris hansen dude yeah exactly like or um there's, man, there's a ton of them there's a ton of these little just uh, there's,
1: there's actually like youtube channels that yes like citizen people do yes they just that's all they, they do,
0: they, do. they they just make profiles yeah they try I to get seen
1: what, some of these videos they it try to weird. get
0: creepers to meet up with them and they just video and them. they film
1: it and then they'll like expose the per- they'll like dox them too because they're just people on the internet so they can just get away with anything so they'll actually like find these creeps whether they're human traffickers or just you know pedophiles just creepy or, pedophiles, yeah, just like sexual assailants even of adults, um,
0: yeah. Microphone.
1: Yeah, let's call it a day, man. This is getting crazy and too sad. Yeah, I'm
0: sad. No, we got to pick. Got to get. You can't end on a sad. No, you got to give me a pick me up. What, what do you got coming up?
1: I am. I got nothing, dude. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> you got nothing coming up? I'm just working. I'm just grinding. I'm just doing the same thing. I've got a tournament. I mean, not a tournament. A seminar on the 17th. It's in Colorado. Where? Denver. Uh, I forgot the name. I have a few coming up. I it's already remember.
0: sold out. Probably can't even get tickets, anyways.
1: No, it doesn't. It's got like 37 people or something.
0: So you got three more spots.
1: I don't remember if it's a big or
0: small. Well, I'm going to be in Philly mid-August for a three-day camp with Christian and The Logic. And uh, I think we're going to be in Connecticut for one night also for another seminar. So if anyone else out there wants to drop me a message and uh, set something up for the mid of August-ish, let me know. All right. And uh, shout out to Tatami. I love Tatami. And CBD Distillery.
1: And And...
0: And uh and monkey tape.
1: Don't forget who really sponsors you up in this. You
0: know what? Don't be spreading false information.
1: You know, you know, I got you. No, you You know, I got you more than those guys. I don't know.
0: Maybe back in the day, when I I was an up and comer, you definitely helped out a lot. I'll never forget that.
1: I don't remember what I even did for you. I just looked at you.
0: You gave me me a place to sleep. Go sleep on the couch. (laughs) I mean. Uh.
1: (laughs) <laughs> sleep on the couch it wasn't even a couch it was a futon this 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 man showed up in my driveway in a <laughs> shitty car begging for a place Kenan, to sleep <laughs> that's not true
0: keenan no we had lunch I one know. day i remember that i remember <laughs> specifically I ha- we had lunch one day and you looked and it was a it was a couple of us a group and you you looked at me and you said where'd you come from i was like oh i was in indiana and you're like well if you need a place to crash you know you, i got a couch and uh and that was it and i was like okay
1: <laughs> And here we are today. Yeah, wild.
0: Because I was on the sailboat, and I, the fucking sailboat was such a pain in the ass. Like having to take the dinghy. Dean- okay,
1: stop talking to me, dude. I'm done talking to you. <laughs>